What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and this is going to be another edition where we kind of do kind of like a presentation style of, you know, the podcast vlog that I've been doing. And for those who are just listening, I highly recommend you hit the show notes and um, watch this episode because we're going to go through a couple of videos and... Um, kind of demonstrate certain things but if you're one of those people who likes to listen I'll try to be descriptive and if you haven't done so already subscribe to my YouTube channel I've been pumping out a lot of more video based content and I think that's where you know this next year I'm kind of going to put more effort into it and a lot of you have been really enjoying my episodes that I've been kind of compiling together doing a quick little summary in the beginning on certain topics and uh, I'm going to continue doing that because I have close to 500 episodes now and you know have spoken about certain topics once or twice so it kind of makes sense to kind of put all the information into one little section um so make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, which is also going to be linked in the show notes. So today, what we're going to talk about is why assessments are important. So when I hear uh, people going to other you know, trainers or fitness professionals, and they pay them to give them a program or train them one-on-one, tandem, group setting, whatever it is, it makes sense to me at least that you know you kind of need a baseline of where um you know you as a client is starting at and if you're a trainer listening to this and you don't do assessments to all of the people you train um you're kind of giving them a disservice because you know you can create this perfect program that you've created that worked great for you and some other people that you've trained but you know what you might get a few people that are not, you know, built like you. They don't move that great. And sooner or later down the road of that program, something's not going to feel right. Maybe something will flare something up. Someone's shoulder might hurt. And you're kind of left to hoping for the best. So I'm going to go through... Uh, a bunch of my assessments that I do, and it's actually in my book. So this is going to be kind of like a preview to the assessment in my book and, you know, a couple of things that I look for. And even before I get started, like even before I um, do the assessment, sorry, I'm losing track. Um, I ask a lot about like medical history because it all will um, come up in the assessment. And rather than figuring it out and, you know, just seeing what I see, it's always good to know beforehand if someone had an injury, car accident or something, because if I know that you tore your ACL 10 years ago, then most likely certain things in the gym and in the assessment, that knee thing is going to pop up over and over again. So it's always good to have those things. So if you're a trainer that doesn't even ask those types of questions before you start, again, please do so. Um, and if you're a client that's training with a trainer and that's never been brought up, then it's time to find another trainer. But um, we're going to 
kind of go through a bunch of assessments that I do. Um, I'm going to share my screen and uh, showcase um, all of those. So without further ado, I need to move this stuff. I'm going to make myself a little bit bigger. Come on. Come on. I apologize. I feel like I use Zoom all the freaking time. And somehow I still find myself like, how do I do this again? Anyway, um, squad assessment. So one of the things I use quite a bit is this face the wall squad. So what we're going to see here pretty quickly Oh, look at me with my short hair. Um, so number one, we're getting about four inches away from the wall and that's on purpose. I do that across the board. Again, these assessments I'm going to show you, they're not, you know, the end all be all. There's so many ways to skin a, skin a cat, as they say. Um, these are just really basic ones where I physically don't have to be there to see the quality of um, certain movement patterns. And, you know, when I train people online, um, this is the kind of stuff I'll do because it's really, really easy and it doesn't require a lot of equipment. And, you know, it encompasses a lot of the stuff that I need to work on with somebody. So the face of wall squat is one of those ones that don't need equipment. It's super quick, super easy, and it doesn't require a lot of like coaching. It's just like face the wall squat as low as you can. So in this case, my kind of standards are, we're gonna go four inches away from the wall, hands uh, in contact with the wall, and we're gonna squat down as low as possible. So you can see here, I squat down as low as possible, get pretty low and then back up. So the key here is not allowing the person or your client to have their knees touch the wall or your face touching the wall or any other points of contact because if you do that one, you're cheating and it's not going to give you true results of the um, squat test. So essentially what we're testing here is squat mechanics, obviously, but more importantly, we're looking at do, does your ankles have enough dorsiflexion? Does your body have enough stability when challenged in the squat position? Do your hips have adequate hip mobility? Does your knee joint move? the way it should in a squat pattern, does your body have enough thoracic extension? So what the hell does that all mean? Well, one, if I'm going to place a barbell on someone's back, they should be able to squat as low as I am in this video. If they can't and they kind of stop, let's see if I can cue it up here before their face and their knees touch the wall, then they have no business back squatting. Other thing too, is if the person doesn't, you know, at least get to say here to 90 degrees, then most likely um, you have a lot of work to do in the sense of uh, hip mobility, thoracic extension, thoracic mobility, uh, ankle mobility, just all the major players when it comes to just everyday living and most likely this person sits all day and now i already have these like 
you know, points in my head or, you know, notes that I've written that I'm like, okay, this person needs more thoracic mobility, more hip mobility, maybe some stability work, maybe some basic core function. Got to look at those ankles and maybe the feet. So now I already have like a list out of this one assessment that I've done. And there's a lot more. I already have so many things I can start working with, with this individual from, you know, their soft tissue stuff, from their uh, warm up to maybe some like recovery exercises between, you know, not heavier lifts, but lifts that take a lot out of you. Maybe, you know, I want to work a goblet split squat to one challenge the stability that your core needs because your overhead squat against the wall was terrible. And uh, knowing that your T-spine mobility sucks, maybe we add some sort of, you know, thoracic extension exercise like the FRC cat cow after a heavy set of split squats, boom, that makes it really specific to you, to the individual in front of me. And not just like, yeah, we're going to do barbell back squats and then rest for about two minutes and then do it again with shitty form because I don't do assessments. You know what I mean? Like this is where things get really specific. So uh, let us get into, I wonder if I just put in assessments, I'm going to get all of them. See, if I was smart, I would put this all in a playlist, but um, so actually the wall angel assessment. So when I see um, a terrible overhead squat, um, I'll go into other breakouts. So this, this is what I mean. When I'm at a point in my career where someone books in with me for an assessment and if I have no idea where they're kind of coming from, or if they're just like general people coming in for training, I'll start with a basic assessment. But a lot of times when I see something where I'm like, Hey, that shoulder's doing something really weird. Then I'm going to go into something called like breakouts where I will pull from my experience in my career. Um, certain assessments I've learned over the years where it gives me a little bit more information. So a good example is this going to be this shoulder wall slide assessment or wall angel assessment that you might've heard of um, because, you know, in that overhead squat, the person was like not able to squat all the way down and you can tell like all this shit is tight. So I'm thinking, okay, thoracic extension is number one, but what's going on with the shoulders? What if I challenge shoulder mobility and T-spine mobility to see if this person that can actually press overhead. So what we do here is have the feet out in front just a little bit, making sure my low back shoulders and head are touching. And then I just do a simple like wall slide motion. I need to be able to keep in contact with my elbows and uh, wrists as I do that and not let my low back come off the wall. If my low back comes off the wall, that means one, I don't have the required shoulder mobility or the thoracic mobility or um, enough stability through my core to one pin my um, rib cage down and also probably some lat tightness, some Terry major, um, Terry's major tightness. So I have no business um, doing any um, overhead stuff in this. So that's one overhead mobility assessment that I do. And then the other one that I do um, is checking lat length. Should have that here. Perfect. 
And by the way, like all of these are on my YouTube page. So I highly recommend you go check it out. So similar setup, just like before. And uh, I wonder if this will look better. Yeah, it's going to look better this way. Full screen, baby. Um, we're going to reach the arms above head. And you're aiming. I uh, messed it up. We're aiming for the thumbs to touch the wall behind. And as you can see, low back is completely in contact with the wall. Chest is in uh, contact with the wall and the head. If I can do all those things, lifting above the head, then... I'm clear to press overhead without any compensation. If someone was, for example, lifting and they like get to here and now, oh, by the way, look at that cat. <laughs> I haven't worn this shirt in so long and I think I should need, I need to bring it back. Anyway, um, if I lost contact, then I got some issues. And most likely that individual that we're making up in our head from our overhead assessment uh, overhead squat assessment against the wall that um didn't go all the way down before stuff started falling apart it's probably gonna end up looking like this with compensations of the low back and everything like that so now we have three things that we've tested and now i already have my list growing so now i know this person shouldn't be pressing overhead so we're going to be working on shoulder mobility we're going to be working on shoulder stability because most of the time when shoulders are not mobile, their stability is for shit. And most likely their shoulder blade does not move. It's probably stuck and gunky. And when I try to get people doing scapular pushups, it looks super awkward and weird. So that would be literally some of the exercises I would put in, like some sort of scapular control, scapular cars, uh, scapular pushups, um, probably bent uh, leg pullovers. Um, kettlebell arm bar. So now like I have three things. I already have this long list of stuff. Look at how specific this is getting. Now imagine if anytime you went to a gym and you hired a trainer and they did a thorough assessment and they know exactly what you need to be doing. Imagine how much faster you're going to get to your goals. This is what I do on a daily basis. Every single person that comes in, I go through such a thorough assessment. So they can get to their goals faster. Like that's what everyone wants in this day and age. Like look at Amazon. You get angry if you buy a product and it does not have prime attached to it. You get literally pissed off. It like ruins your day. So it's our job as you know, fitness professionals to figure out ways to get to your goal faster. So if you are at this point at all, seeing a trainer that's never done an assessment on you, you need to rethink um, who you're seeing on a weekly basis, because you're probably not going to get to your goals. Anyway, tangent over, let's uh, move on. So now we know this person does not, oh, how do I move this out of the way? Come on. Um, doesn't move overhead that great. Let's also now test thoracic rotation. Um, there you go t-spine mobility so now we know thoracic extension sucks and we should also test rotation because most likely when someone's thoracic extension does not move right the rotation sucks so in this case how i have this set up is i'm sitting on a box on an angle on purpose so 
if you think of this little foam pad as your midline and you measured out the angle between the box and this midline, it's exactly 45 degrees. Ideally, you want to have at least um, 45 degrees of right rotation, left rotation. And an easy way to spot this, and anytime I do this online with somebody, and they're like, for example, filming it and sending it to me, then um, what you're looking for is these elbows to be in line with this uh, box here. And you do the same thing for the other side, making sure you're at least at, in line. If not, then we need to work on uh, thoracic rotation. Um, another way to, for this to be a little bit easier to see, imagine if I had a dowel, um, put across my shoulders, kind of like a front rack position or like a front squat and then rotate, then I'll give you a clear image. But say again, with this example, this person is tight in their thoracic extension, then most likely they have restriction with rotation. So now I need to think of how to utilize more rotational exercises to improve that mobility. So a lot of open books, T-spine rotations, things like that, T-spine cars will help, but we're kind of working our way from the top down. If, this is the biggest thing, when you look at the statistics of low back pain, it's like one out of three people. It's probably now one out of two. A lot of times when you find those people that have low back pain and they test, um, if you test them for any kind of thoracic mobility, they're terrible at it. So now this is how it is. Your T-spine, which is the thoracic spine here up top, if that doesn't move the way it should, then guess what's going to compensate for it? Lumbar spine. So when you look at the biomechanics of our spine, our thoracic spine can rotate. It's meant to move. Your lumbar spine is not meant for motion, constant motion. It's meant for stability. And if you take a joint that's meant to stabilize and like crank on it constantly because you can't use this step up top, then that low back's not going to be very happy. You know what I mean? Now, what else we got for our assessments? I wonder if I just put in hip internal rotation. This is where things get fun. What am I doing? What am I doing? Bear with me. Honestly, now it looks like I don't even know how to use YouTube. So hip internal rotation. If you don't know these terms, your hip can do two motions. Well, it can do more motions, but in this case, we're checking internal rotation. So taking my um, femur and turning it inwards is internal rotation and then external rotation would be turning it outwards. So here I'm demonstrating both right and left hip, how much internal rotation I have. And actually in this video, my internal rotation sucks. I have actually done um, a before and after of me doing kin stretch five days a week for, I think it was like five months. And my internal rotation, um, based on the measurement of like the 24 here behind my foot and the logo here, like on both sides, they were above. So it's pretty cool seeing, you know, what I preach 
putting to practice actually working for myself. So I'm not just full of shit. Um, but internal rotation is huge, 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 huge when it comes to um, anything hip related. So if you want to squat or deadlift or walk or run or squat, I said squat already or lunge or anything single leg, you need adequate internal rotation of your hip. If you don't have it, then surprise, surprise, where do you think that motion is going to be made up from? Your low back or your knee might start speaking up in some painful ways, uh, telling you that, you know, as you squat down because you don't have internal rotation, we're going to crank onto that knee joint and now things hurt. So most likely the person that we are talking about um, from the very beginning that had a crappy squad probably doesn't have adequate hip internal rotation. Most of the time when I test people for hip internal rotation, um, they cramp right into like TFL and um, glute meat, things like that. And a lot of times what that means is like your body doesn't produce that motion properly. So now when we physically test that one little bit, your muscles don't even understand that motion that you're trying to create. So they end up cramping to create almost like a protective mechanism because they're like, Oh, I don't know if this is safe for us to do. Right. So internal rotation is huge when it comes to that. And we're also going to look at external. So if you think about it, actually, let's see if I have it here. I guess not. Sorry for, oh, maybe I don't have it. Guys, I feel so embarrassed that I don't have my own assessment to showcase. Oh, there you go. So similar to internal rotation, we're also in a seated position. And now we're going wide with the legs and all we're doing is going to external rotation. So driving the ankle towards our midline. So when you squat, or lunge, your hip has to go through both internal and external rotation in order to produce emotion. So imagine if your hips had a limitation in both, then there's going to be some sort of compensation. So we're going to look at most likely the low back, the knees might take a pounding. So if I already know this person from the very beginning in that overhead squat position, wasn't squatting properly, I'm also going to be working their hips a lot. So one, I have to give them more hip external and internal rotation in order to move better, right? So in their program, uh, one, I'm gonna focus on a lot of single leg stuff to help promote stability. I'm gonna use a lot of kin stretch like movements to help improve the mobility. And even working some isometrics too in different positions to help those hips move better. So now we're going to kind of kick into high gear and go into the active straight leg raise. Active straight leg Bear it with me as we go through this. So very simply, the active straight leg raise, most people think it's a hamstring flexibility test and it looks like it. So as you see here, as I lift my leg, 
it's like, oh, this dude is trying to test hamstring flexibility. Yes and no. So what I'm actually looking for is if my opposite hip to this right leg that's up can stabilize with my core to actively lift that leg up. If I can get my ankle basically at 90 degrees, this is a pretty good representation of 90 degrees. If I can get it to that position, then deadlifting off the floor is not going to be a problem. But say like our guy from the beginning gets to about here before you see this knee pop off the ground completely, that foot rolling over my, like the chest is arched and everything like that. Then the person does not have the prerequisites in order to deadlift off the floor. You do not understand how many times I've had someone come in that's had low back pain, that's an avid weightlifter, and I test them on their active straight leg raise, and it looks terrible, they don't have the prerequisites, and I ask, do you deadlift? They're like, oh, all the time, I've hit a plateau, I can't get heavier, and every time I try to go heavier, my back hurts, and you're, and I'm just like, thank God you are coming to see me, because now I know exactly what to do from just this one motion, like a pretty thorough exam, like um, assessment, um, with these motions, like 15 minutes done. And I already have this long list. So if you kind of recall all the stuff that we went over, we already have so many things that we can work on to put into your program, your warm up, to your homework. And now we're actually going to spend more time doing the things that work well with your body compared to say deadlifting off the floor constantly and taking time off the gym and wondering what the hell, why am I going to Cairo and physio all the time? Because my back is flaring up. Nothing's working. Right. The last thing I want to get into, because I don't want to over talk or ramble like crazy. Um, oops. We're going to look at the spine. Hmm. Wonder if it's under cat camel. Random thing. Is it cat camel or cat cow? You tell me. I've put this video up before, but I do this with every single person to see if they can actually segment their spine. So I'm gonna move my little self here. So if you look at my spine, I can move it one vertebrae at a time. And that's what I ask the person I'm working with to try to do. A lot of times, and I, we spoke about hinge points, they'll tend to move through this TL junction. That becomes hypermobile and, you know, low back gets stiff and upper back gets stiff. So you're, if you're an individual that sits on their butt all day at their desk, your lumbar spine is going to be, oh, see, look at that. Might be a hinge point. You guys should watch that. Um, yeah, if you're an individual that tends to sit all day, that lumbar spine is going to be jammed up and that thoracic spine is going to be jammed up. That same person that we did the assessment in the very beginning that we imagined had a terrible squat. so we put him in, put him or her into this and voila, tight lumbar spine, locked up T-spine. And again, lots of motion through here. And they also have tight hips, tight thoracic spine. 
And again, low back always hurts. Who would have thought? So I now have like lowest hanging fruit that I need to um, get through. And imagine if I gave someone like just a little bit more um, freedom in the lumbar spine, just a little bit more movement through their thoracic spine, a little bit more movement through their hips and their shoulders, would they feel better? 100% they would. 100% they would. Now, I'm going to end it there because, you know, I can talk forever about this and I'll probably maybe put together uh, a series of assessments um, together um, for one of my future episodes. But I think this is a good starting point. And these are some of the things that you can just do on your own. And yeah, I kind of skimmed through a lot of these really quickly. But number one, you have something to look forward to for my book. Number two, um, you can find these videos on my YouTube channel, which is another reason why you should subscribe. Number three, um, if you look at episode 460, if you want a little bit more in depth of hinge points and what they are and how they influence exercise, highly recommend you watch that. And again, I've made a playlist for all my cut the shit, get fit, uh, vlog videos that we're doing right now. So you can watch those. Um, but this gives you so much information of what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And I think that is the biggest thing that so many people are missing in their programs is proper training that's built around their anatomy. Like if your body doesn't move the way it should, and you're trying to do an exercise or require certain movements of your body that can't do it, then you're going to hit the fucking wall with your body eventually. And time and time and time again, I try to explain that on my show and to people Sometimes they listen. Sometimes they're like, well, I just want to bench press. It's like, well, your shoulders and upper back are super tight. So the last thing you should be doing is that, but that's just my opinion. But the people that I've worked with have seen huge improvements in quality of life, um, their lifts, their strength, weight loss, fat loss, you name it. If they just take the time to actually get a thorough assessment to know what to do and what not to do. Um, so I'm going to leave it there. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Um, hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Keep an eye out for my book that's going to be coming out soon. And that is it for me. Uh, until next time, you guys, you are amazing. And I need to figure out how to stop this thing. Um, until next time, you guys crush this week. You guys are the best. Until next time.